start it off? We're gonna start it off. for players and fans of the Star Trek CCG. Today on the show, Engage co-designer Corbin Johnson, featuring the music of Hot Fiction. And I'm Ian Coleman. And now, here's your host, Daniel Madison. For those that didn't know, that was my son, Ian Coleman, giving a special guest introduction. Thank you, Ian, and thanks to all of you for joining me. Welcome to Assimilate This, Episode 4. If you've ever wondered what it takes and what it's like to become a designer for a collectible card game, this should be an interesting show for you. Today we're talking to Corbin Johnson, who worked on the first edition set Engage uh, in his very first set uh, as a member of a design team. Uh, we'll talk to him about how he, got, how he got that position and what the process of designing a set is like. First, let's cover some site news. As you no doubt know by now, the name of the next second edition set has been announced. It's Matter of Time. It's due out on February 22nd with 54 new cards, uh, many of which have already been previewed on the site. We talked a little bit about the set with Charlie Plain in the last episode, and we should be able to cover this expansion here on the show in more detail as we get closer. I'm hoping to line up a couple of guests soon uh, to talk about Matter of Time uh, once the set's released. We haven't had any local tournaments since the last episode, but I did make it out to Orlando for an event over there, uh, a four-man uh, 2E constructed event that uh, I managed to win with a Starfleet deck. Um, it was nice to finally get out there and uh, uh, see the Orlando uh, venue, although I only met one player that I hadn't already met, uh, uh Rick and uh, TK were there, who I already knew, and and uh, it was only four players altogether, but still fun, and I'd like to get out there again in the future. We're still on track for our 1E Tin Draft this Saturday, the 16th, uh, as our next league event, our first, first two playoff events, counting triples. Um, in online events, I'm playing in a... 2E sealed event online that I'm also TDing. Uh, this event gives each player a random starter from 2nd Edition Premier or Call to Arms, uh, and a few boosters from the same set, and two boosters of Necessary Evil. We're halfway through the event so far, and I'm 2-0, and so I'd say I'm pretty happy with my sealed pool. Uh, I'm also playing in the second tier of the 1E Treaty Tournament. Uh, basically what happened was all four winners of the previous four round-robin treaty tournaments are now playing in a new tournament. Uh, but we've also been assigned new treaties, uh, the four treaties that had the weakest showings in the first set of events. Uh, I've already finished two of my three matches with the deck, and I'm one and one so far. Uh, it's one of my mad scientist builds, and as I've said in the chat room, it's probably either the coolest or the dumbest thing I've ever done. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about it, but I still have one more match to play before we can before we can get into details.
right, I'd like to welcome our guest today. He was on the design team for Engage, but you probably know him best as the host of the Star Trek CCG game show, as well as Shakedown. Please welcome Corbin Johnson to the show. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? It's going pretty good. So, uh, Engage, uh, yep. first time as a designer. Yes, sir. So, uh, tell me how that came about. Well, I saw Charlie's post about looking for designers for 1E. And I've played 1E for mm, since like 2000, so I guess 12, 13 years now. And I thought, hey, I know 1E pretty well. Uh, let's give this a shot. I love making dream cards. So I filled out the application. It was a fun process. Mm-hmm. Um, it included things like converting the In a Mirror Darkly Jonathan Archer to 1E and come up with a play engine, come up with a draw engine, you know, stuff that's kind of fun to do. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out if you want to take a top-up, bottom-down approach, whatever. Um, and I just went with it. I really enjoyed filling out the application. And a few months later, Charlie, I guess, was backlogged. He got back to me and said, uh, we'd like to have me on the team. So I started as an intern, and uh, my first project was Engage. Nice. Then Project Umbridge. Umbridge. Right. So, yeah. as, it was, as it was called at the time. Exactly. Using our, our, our fancy, highly sophisticated secret codename system. Oh, yeah. Umbridge. Mm. Moody. No clue. I don't. No idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch movies. So. Oh. <laughs> totally What's kidding. a book? What's yeah, a book? books. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's cool. Did you used to, um, did you, did you post in the dream cards forum before you became a designer? Did you, did you do much in there? I don't think so. Um, my first dream, <laughs> I got in trouble actually. I didn't get in trouble. I, in the decipher days on the message boards, I would, I, I had an inkling one day to make some Voyager dream cards before Voyager came out. I had a funny little idea for how it would work. Mm-hmm. So I made these graphical cards and I put them on a website. And I went to the dream cards site and I said, hey, everyone, go check out my cards on my website. And they're like, dude, you can't post graphical dream cards. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> so I took them down and put text ones in its place. And uh, ever since then, I'd always make, it was, a, it was a hobby of mine, I'd make graphical dream cards. I really loved it. And I, I don't know why I wasted a lot of my high school just making these terrible graphical dream cards. And I, at one point, my friend Franklin and I, we were working on a set called uh, it wasn't unhinged. It was it was a takeoff of unhinged or unglued. Um, oh, yeah, I know from magic. I, yep. I'm trying to remember what Trek name we gave it. I can't remember. But one of my favorites that I came up with uh, was called the Scarecrow, and I actually thought it might have some potential. It's a three caught a three. It's an it's an event with a countdown of three. Plays in your core uh, or your table, whatever, mm-hmm. and. It says uh, when your opponent tries to play an event or interrupt, you can place your scarecrow out of play to nullify it. So that's just one kind of silly idea I had. Um, thought it would be fun. The scarecrow was um, the scarecrow from Death Wish. I'm like, I-, I loved making since it was graphical dream cards. I love to make top down approach. I'd take the episode. I'd go, oh, I'd love a card out of that, or I'd love a card of this, like Doctor Kilimar mm-hmm. from. Um, from the Crystal and Entity episode, the second one. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to make a card out of her. Why didn't Decipher make one out of her already? So I made one. I'm like, can nullify Crystal and Entity but lose points. Uh, so 
Anyway, I loved making dream cards. I didn't do much in the CC forums, but dream cards were always something I had a lot of fun of as a so-called kid. So that's cool. Yeah, and and, and I, I can understand that having uh, I've having done that a little bit myself with uh, uh, both Star Trek and Magic. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I messed around with with dream cards. I've made graphical ones. I like to make um, I like to make graphical cards as Christmas cards for. Uh, some of my friends and family members every year. So I did enjoy the one you made of me. It was very nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, the last, uh, the last couple of years I did magic, but you know, since this year has been heavy star Trek, I went with, uh, I did some two E cards Yeah. For, yeah. for Christmas. So I would play with myself every time. <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll get back, uh, on engage. Uh, can you tell me, uh, uh, a little bit about uh, what the process is like, what what it's like to go through the steps of designing a set or, or being part of that team. Yeah, I came on, I think... Yeah, I, I think Dan and... Is it TV, Tom... One of the Thomases. I, I'm so sorry, Thomas Exxon, whoever Exxon is. It's Thomas Meinberg, yep. Yeah, TV. TV and Dan and I created... Engage, and I believe Dan and Thomas had already gotten through making maybe 20 cards. I think Romulans had been filled out, and I don't think we're in Utopia Planitia yet. And that's when I joined on, and I was a very eager cadet, if you will. I was very much, what yeah. can I do to help out? What do you need me to do? I want to help out. I want to help out. I want to help out. Um, and it was me basically saying, please give me work to do. So every so often, Dan would post. Dan's a great, let me, let me start off by saying that Dan is an excellent organizer of putting together sets. He mm -hmm. really has his stuff together when it comes to putting together a set. And I had a great time working with Dan. Basically, he had, I, I don't know where it came from, if he and TV had mapped it out, but they had already figured out they wanted this number of cards, this number of personnel, this number of dilemmas, this number of missions, and of course being flexible with it, we knew that we were only going to be given a certain number of cards in Homefront 3 to play with, and we worked within the confines of that. If you will, one of the... There's an episode of Daria. I love Daria. Uh, one of the teachers of hers says that sometimes a deadline or uh, I guess we'll say deadline for lack of a better term can really bring you creativity. Uh, it, it can spark creativity. Having mm -hmm. you know, a confined place to work to work with can bring out more creativity in you rather than saying free reign, you get to do whatever you want. You really bring down the specifications to what you need, and from there, you can get really creative. And Dan, what he did was able to really home in on what he wanted this set to look like, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed him saying that. It really helped uh, to spark the creative process. So that's really where we started. So they had a, they had a, they had a, a basic framework already set up when you came on. That's right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... One of the first things Dan assigned me to do was to come up with dilemmas. So what I particularly... I, I looked at what Block had as far as dilemmas went. Mm -hmm. uh, let me stop here. 
first things first, Block Howry had, I think, 75, 80 dilemmas in it. So the first thing anyone says, even people outside of design, was Block really doesn't need more dilemmas. However, we're making a new set. And not to say that you have to make dilemmas with every new set, but new dilemmas really bring freshness to the game, in my opinion. They oh, sure. keep the meta in challenge. Uh, there are other ways to keep meta in check, usually by... Um, I think the Borg are really considered a meta check, but um, dilemmas definitely help in that way. So anyway, Dan basically said, we need new dilemmas. So what I did is I looked at Block and I said, we need new filters. That's important because um, dilemmas are... Uh, in a game where the, where the object of the game is to solve missions, the dilemmas are your opponent's best defense. That's right, exactly. So obviously you'd want to... You'd wanna shake that up every set i think it's important to have a little bit of shake up when it comes to the lemons absolutely mm -hmm. i looked at what block and block was i think severely limited in its filters we had true of the chandra we had the uh separating the separate ships ones with the let you know the arsenal ones right thank you yeah, and I think that was about it. We didn't really have any good filters, so that's where I started. I started thinking of creative filters. I wanted to... Something Franklin once told me. Uh, Franklin Kenter is a good friend of mine, and mm -hmm. he's really smart, and he knows this game like the back of his hand. And he sees the game from a very different perspective of what most players do. And I value his input every time I talk to him about these cards. And one thing he once told me was... If you're going to make new dilemmas, make them interesting. Make them something that can maybe be a little interactive with players, challenges them in a different way, takes them somewhere they weren't thinking about before. So I tried my best to bring some of that. I, I thought of about 13 different dilemmas and put them on. A, I put them on a forum. We have a separate. We have a special forum for each project that only the designers of that second scene, probably Charlie and probably um, Chris Lobin and some other people. Mm -hmm. Logan. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Chris. <laughs> and so I made a form there. I just, you know, spewed out some ideas I thought of and like, I, I took a couple of days to think about them. And from there, Evie and Dan kind of weeded out ones that were not as interesting, not as cool and kind of, essence maybe i think there's three or four ones i'm really proud of three four five they thought of a couple but um for the most part um devastating communique do you smell something burning uh reluctant informant and undercover agent uh i think they kind of started as my ideas but then they definitely they take on a new life you start mm -hmm. thing and it totally comes into another thing and uh, I guess we can talk about the limits. So it started with, you know, some stupid game text and that, and maybe a stupid title. Maybe I, sometimes I'd still take a top down approach when I come to a card. I go, oh man, oh, definitely. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, when it comes to, I thought about what this is a next gen block. This is a next gen. We probably want next gen dilemmas. We don't right. get too far out of that, but, if this is the set that's supposed to kind of bridge the late season Star Trek uh, next gen to the late movies or whatever's going to come out in Snape, 
let's include generations because generations doesn't have any interesting dilemmas except for i think the nexus i think the nexus is the only so-called dilemma from genesis so i thought let's i'm, I'm going to take a top-down approach on maybe two or three of these cards from genesis just put them in the file and see what these guys think so devastating communique and do you smell something burning where, where these ideas of oh man let's let's get picard crying on a card let's let's get <laughs> some eggs on a card and that's what happened that that happened and i was very excited about that but at the same time i find it inspiring sometimes to think about these pivotal moments or maybe not so pivotal i had actually a funny i will talk about uh kirk's egg later but uh, i thought it'd be interesting to take these scenes and flush out some game text and just see where it went and then for the other cards, uh, especially Reluctant Informant, yeah, that was a little top-down, but at the same time, it inspired some interesting game text. Uh, Undercover Agent, I think that evolved from something else completely. Shall We Begin Again, I think, was an amalgamation of some different card ideas we had. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I can keep going on this. For- <laughs> but... So you had a couple of top-down ones, but do most of these start with uh, we're just looking for some some things that dilemmas can do, and you come up with some game text, and then you find story for them later. Usually, that's how it. That's how good card design will go. You talk. Is that generally how it works? Charlie, you look at the magic articles that he uh, shows. I guess it's with designing magic or whatever the mm-hmm. goals are. It's really about bottom up. You've got to go bottom up, and and when you're thinking about a set. One thing you also have to think about, you know, a good magic set, the first thing they think about probably is draft. They want to make sure that that set is draftable. Oh, definitely. What people do on Friday nights, you know, usually yeah. they're playing magic draft. Now, we, you look at, I don't, uh, you look at things like infinite diversity. You look at some, we've got the random pack generators and all that. These were designed for, for sealed deck. And you, this set, you, we, we kept sealed deck in mind, and I kind of wish we'd thought about it more. But at the same time, I don't think 1E players right now are really looking for a good, I mean, they are. They, it's important to have good sealed deck. So you really have to think about dilemmas when it comes to sealed deck. You can't have things that are super crazy. You can't think of, you can't have, um, like, your galaxy is impure in sealed deck. You really have to think about that. It, yeah. If this is, you know, one of your goals of design. So you you really have to consider it from that angle. There's a lot of other angles you should think about a set from, but at least that's one thing you got to do when you're in the beginning of the process. So uh, I've lost my train of thought. Where are we going with this? (laughs) (laughs) I I asked about the comparisons to top down and bottom up. And I I, I think um, top down. Yeah is fun yeah every every once in a while and some cards uh some cards have an obvious look of a top-down card and and those can be interesting to to make but you also you got to have your staple cards you got to have uh cards that fill holes or do specific things and sometimes it's just better to make that thing first and then find the story so i understand how how that process works i think i think uh, do you smell something burning is a good example of a top-down card that is also bottom-up because we needed filters and generations mm-hmm. dilemmas. So there we go. Uh, it, it started as a lot stronger card. It was really it was. I think the game text was originally stops after your waiting. That's it. Random selection round down. Mm-hmm. So 
got some complaints from playtesters, which is fine. And then we added the uh, a couple of outs, not great outs, but they're outs. So uh, I think that's a really interesting idea, though, a dilemma that just stops half your away team. Uh, it's a filter. You can't get around it. It's it's not strictly better than Chula the Chandra, but it is it's going to hit half the time. And I think that was a really interesting place to start with it. Um, you know, actually, I take it back. Originally, there were outs of it, and there were more outs of it. Um, but then we had this idea, well, let's make it stronger. Because I think the first first feedback we got from playtesters on the dilemmas was they're just not strong enough. So we went back and made them stronger, and then they were too strong. So we had to dial them back. So And then through process we really evolve these things and kind of give them not we, we we're not creative obviously but we do give it some kind of story and we kind of hope that creative takes the story and pushes it on but really in the end creative gets to do whatever they want but i think right of ourselves so that's just, that's one aspect do you smell something burning both top down and bottom up so okay um who's who uh where did the uh, the conversions come from? As far as while we're on the subject of the of the, the dilemmas, we looked at every basically every feasible dilemma that made sense for the set. Every TNG dilemma that would have been cool to convert. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we're we're in the business of getting a set out, which sometimes means trying to limit the amount of new cards. Okay, so we're not trying to limit the amount of new cards, but we are trying to serve two masters, three masters, I think. Master, mm-hmm. convert all two E cards to one E. That's one master. The second master is get a set done. So uh, and the third master is make some interesting cards. So in doing that, bringing the conversions to the table is a great idea because a lot of the dilemmas in two E most for the most part that are backwards compatible they they think they they really miss the mark they don't really no one plays with them so if we can bring them into the bring them into 1e and give them uh competitive game text or if they're good on their own let's bring them in save us some creative time save us some play testing cycles that sort of thing mm-hmm. 99% of the time they're mostly the same and people are already familiar with them we can just bring them in playtesters maybe don't have to focus on it as much they do i mean dilemmas are easy dilemmas are great for playtesters they just throw them in the deck and they go man this sucks or this is great or whatever i didn't encounter it or yeah you get good feedback on dilemmas most of the time which is great so the conversions were you know serving the three masters in their own way and these were the ones we uh we looked at them we went these i guess there's three of them are just they're pretty good in two e already in fact, those those three are probably the best of the uh, TNG ones. We had, we looked at the list and we said, let's go with these. Uh, we also uh, looked at the one with Jordy on it. That is him. He's sitting in the shuttlecraft and the Romulan shuttles come. The Romulan warbird. Oh, I know that one. Um, covert ambush. We thought about that one and we thought about maybe really jazzing it up, you know, making a whole new card and converting it. But I guess I think, I think it was one of the cards that got cut late in the game. I, see. I really wanted that one in. Cause I thought, you know, it's a cool story and you know, it's just, just fun. Oh, four, we, we converted four cards. It looks like. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we really looked at the best ones and put them in and let the play testers go with it. 
Um, we can we we change a few things. You, you look at the cards. There's a few changes here and there, but for the most part, they they get the flavor out. Captain's Holiday is basically the same thing because it's a pretty good card. I mean, you have to you have to admit mm-hmm. uh, that that stopped me more than once, uh, even before it got converted. And these cards also there's <laughs> the fourth master. You have to serve block, and these cards fit well in block. And we we realized that after playtesting, and playtesting really brought that out as well. If I can interject, though, one problem that came up is, you know, we do, we have we have we have a sizable amount of playtesters, but we need um, we we can always use more playtesters, really, and we we're I guess most concerned about OTF when it comes to playtesting, but we're also concerned about block, and it was tough to kind of say, hey, we need these playtested in like every format. That we we tell playtesters that, and you know, play whatever you typically play. But we would love it if these get playtested in every format. You've got X list, you've got standard, you've got revised, you've right. yeah, got open. <laughs> uh, and it's just not going to happen. And you've got block on top of that. So block's a big big chunk right now. We need to worry about block as much as we can because I think that's what's going to bring Oney back. Um, to a better place, and I think it's bringing it's bringing my two E players into one E tournaments, uh, at least a couple of them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very important for the future. So you know, when we play test, we've got to make sure that we're not only play testing an OTF, but uh, blocking, if ideally, all the formats if we can. <laughs> talked a lot about the process and we talked about uh uh some of the dilemmas and and how they came about and, uh what are uh what are some of the other cards that you worked on some of the other cards i worked on i was given the task as well of seeing what we could do with cardassians and i i'll elaborate on that but also starfleet i wanted to get starfleet some love if i could um, really Yes, and that ended up getting pushed to Homefront 3 for the most part. But And so did some of the Cardassian love. Um, what I wanted yeah, to do... Yeah, I think they, they each got a couple in Homefront 3, if I remember right. Cardassian had a few cards in the set as well. Yeah. Um, the pro- I don't know how controversial the conversion of Ensnared was, um, but when I... So basically they said, let's figure out what we want to do with Cardassians. Dan said, I said, Dan, I'll look into Cardassians. I'm going to do a couple things. I'm going to look at who we can convert. And I don't think there was very many. I think <laughs> um, there's Goran, I think, from Reflections 2.0, mm-hmm. that convertible. Uh, he was in the episode Journey's End, I think. He was in one of the Maquis episodes in like the late season. Okay. He's a very popular Tui card, and I thought it would be fun to convert him, so we, I tried to give a go at that, and I, it ended up fizzling. I don't remember what happened. So anyway, I looked at any cards that we could convert, and then I looked at uh, images. I went, to, I went to Memory Alpha and said, here's all the Cardassian characters from Trek, yeah, from specifically TNG that we can grab images of 
unnamed people and kind of said, if we're going to make some TNG Cardies, here's every possible Cardassian we can make. And again, this is a very top-down way of looking at it, unfortunately. But I found it actually pretty stimulating because starting there, you know, you get a starting point there. The next step for me was to kind of look at what Cardassians had in block already. Right. You, you, right. Have to, you have to kind of start there, though, with when you're with uh with uh the source material like and i think that's one of the reasons sorry uh, uh we'll we'll come back to that but the, like i think that's one of the reasons that uh tng bajorans didn't really pan out because they just weren't in a lot of the source material and so i think you know the cardassians only had a handful of episodes in tng so that's a good place to start is well what do we have to work with so i'm sorry please continue <laughs> actually and i bajorans in homefront three I, I can't recall right now we uh but yeah bajorans one of the goals of the set was to make if not at least one more affiliation playable at least try to make try to throw a bone to bajorans and cardassians and borg uh borg was definitely on the docket as well there were some ideas of where we could go with borg um we're coming or i guess they will be coming i think it was called something else in playtesting we are coming i think it was anyway uh, i was gonna say they did get one uh pretty strong card (laughs) yeah if we playtested a couple other things they didn't pan out Uh, that stayed and dan really pushed for it he loves his borg and i thought hey get some borg maybe this will teach some players to play borg in in block and you know it's going to give Borg at least a shot, and it's an interesting card. But uh, going back to the Cardassians, we've got. I looked at, I think there's like five Cardassians or something like that that were in block already. Stuff from Homefronts one and two. You got the home. You got the Homeworld. Uh, I looked at non-aligned interactions with Cardassians. If you wanted to actually build a Cardassian deck in block. If you wanted to do it, and props to you for trying to. Here's I, I listed out exactly what skills you're going to need to solve missions to maybe get past the dilemmas. Uh, one great thing is you know, we, we had to build a starter for every, and I know it's a tangent, but we, we had to build a starter in every in each of these uh, sets, and we had to build the ramen starter. That was uh, that was a whole other thing, and it was a very time intensive but rewarding project was to put together the ROM starter that taught me you know let's look at the matrix of skills we need for dilemmas and so i i took the same approach when it came to looking at cardassians i said let's look at every skill we need for all the dilemmas and what what holes are there what can we give to the non-aligned guys and engage what can we give to the non-aligned guys in home front what can we give to the cardassians in both sets as well to fill out these holes and at least make maybe something that's playable can we throw them a, 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 a verb bone? And we tried to do that, I think, and uh, I don't think it worked out. Or, yeah, I can't remember. I don't see a, a Cardassian verb here. We tried one. It didn't work out. I don't remember why. We, we put in Snared in here. Uh, but, yeah, we, we tried to, you know, make something that was playable. And if not, then to at least... We're not going to be visiting TNG again for a while. Right. Snape's done, so let's give all TNG Cardassians a bone and see if we can 
flesh them out at least a little bit. And we tried to do the same with Bajorans, and of course that didn't work out, and they got whatever they got in Homefront Three. So, yeah. so we looked at, and in that process, the same thing as the dilemmas, we looked for anything we could convert, including verbs, and we looked at ensnared. And God, ensnares was a tank in one e uh, as it was originally. I think we toned toned down the effectiveness of it, but still made an interesting card nonetheless. I throwed, uh, I threw a few verbs out there for Cardassians to try to play around with. I looked at some interesting quotations, and again, a top-down approach. I looked at quotations from uh, Vec, not Vec, uh, Madrid from Chain of Command, was mm-hmm. episode, and uh, you know, these titles and kind of came up with some interesting verbs that maybe could help them out. Like uh, just some ideas, like uh, name a personnel, uh, you capture that person uh, unless they battle you or something. I, I can't really remember what the details were, and you know we we went back and forth on it, and finally said, you know, uh, we we want to add more things to engage that are going to help the affiliations that are out there already. Uh, that's another goal of the set was to help out the sets, the uh, you know Ferengi, Feds, and Klingons that were already out there, make sure each of them got some thing in the set. And, you know, we accomplished that. We want to make sure those, those were served as well, but, you know, try to help out Cardassians if we could. So, and we got what we got and I'm pretty happy with what we got. So, well, um, with, uh, ensnared, the conversion of ensnared, it does, it does fit the, uh, one of the, the sub themes of the TNG block, which was, uh, get your guys to your opponent's missions. Yeah. And yep, because that there were there were a couple of cards where you're rewarded for doing that in in TNG, including uh, let's see what's out there. But then they had you know each affiliation had an objective that did uh, gave you some reward for having multiple personnel at multiple opponents' missions. So that fit right in with that. And uh, you did get we did get uh, let's see we got three three Cardassian personnel in this set. Uh, plus I think there was like like you said I think there were a couple of home front. Home from three, so they're at a place where I don't know about block, but uh, they're close as far as as far as uh, just making like a continuing mission Cardassian deck. They're close, and uh, they probably treaty really well. I hope so, at least. And uh, not sure how much I can talk about this, but we had tried to make some interesting treaty stuff and that didn't pan out but yeah i think they're definitely going to work well with others and and just to throw it out there <laughs> the plate the uh the the female in the set she started out as two separate female cardassians and uh their names were kim and chloe but uh, we won't go <laughs> we merged the two into one and called it kim and chloe and i was very disappointed i'm sure matt kirk or not matt kirk but whoever uh, from the the creative team, they, they unfortunately, I was a bit disappointed. And she, uh, she uh, in her lore, at one point said, "Kept up with the latest tech journals." Uh, oh, I was really hoping. Uh, but no. Anyway, um, I had some fun with that. So yeah, that sounds like the kind of joke that Matt would appreciate, actually. <laughs> So uh, it was lost on someone, unfortunately. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. You know, uh, we're, we're not quite done, but we're 
pretty much done, so I guess I can kind of talk about it now. Uh, I happened to in we 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 played those uh, random treaty tournaments recently, um, and I actually drew Cardassian Federation. Cool. Okay. So um, I actually built mine with continuing mission, and I used a lot of the uh, I used all the engaged Cardassians. Sweet. What else were you able to pull in? Did you use Ensnared? Did you use some of the Homefront Kai's? How did you go about it? I did not use Ensnared, but I did use... Um, I used uh, some Tui backwards compatible cards. I used a lot of Capture Dilemmas. Okay. I think what I did was I had... Um, I had Finest Crew as you know the extra play engine, and uh, I used Holog hollow deck door to get uh some of the barrage people out for extra free reports and um uh i had central command and uh attention all hands for free plays for the cardassians and uh yeah the del- it was set up where i could solve two missions and then uh just score points through uh labor camp and uh, there were there are a couple of cards in there that that scored you points if you had captives and and the dilemma the dilemmas combos were very capture heavy. Okay. Oh, and I ran Fajo's Gallery, also because I because I was capturing people and I had uh, like Kivas Fajo was in there and Guinan was in there. So that's great. Yeah, you, I think that's proof that you know that this was cool and I think it, it it well made your deck more interesting at least. So uh, at least one player has appreciated it. So that's good. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, yeah. Great. Oh, and I got to use. I got, I was excited that I got to use assigned support personnel, and I actually had three legal three legal Cardassian targets with uh, Dominion War efforts that I didn't have to lose the support personnel. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a you know like you were saying before about uh, deadlines. Uh, breeding creativity well um in the last episode uh charlie plain was telling me that uh one of his mottos is limitation breeds creativity and so say (laughs) yeah that might have been what you meant but yeah but yeah that was you know getting thrown that treaty i said well that, that you know that was my first thought was can I make this work with TNG? And so I just looked for look for combos and things I could make way, ways I could make it work. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to build and it was fun to play. All right, so um, in addition to uh, designing Engage, um, there also was you know obviously the the Romulans were a big part of Engage. Um, they uh, were the primary affiliation, uh, bringing a a fourth major affiliation into the block structure. And uh, in addition to the Romulans entering Engage, a starter deck had to be built for them as well. And uh, can can you tell me a little uh, about the process for that? Yeah, absolutely. So we had three starters already, the Klingon, the Fangi, and Federation ones. Mm-hmm. So... Dan's got a nice little spreadsheet he put together in Google Docs, and it basically outlined every dilemma in all of those three starters. So this is great because those starters were done, and I didn't have to think about them. But because those were there, and we knew what skills are in them, we knew what dilemmas were in them, we said, well, we need to make a Romulan deck that is comparable in power if possible. 
So one thing I did when TNG came out is I played all the starters. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it with someone else. I, I played them against myself. I played the Ron, I'm sorry, the Fed against the Klingon, the Klingon against the Ferengi, whatever. I did like eight or nine or ten of these to kind of make sure that they were all balanced. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, the, we felt they were balanced, that was good. So then we take the Ron ones and we want to make sure it's balanced with those. So we looked at the dilemmas that were in those. We looked at the skills that were in the other ones and then said, uh, we said, what dilemmas can we put in the Romulan so that the other ones don't get hosed? So, and at the same time, making sure that we include some of the new dilemmas. So, right. although I think we had already made the dilemmas or at least started the inkling of what the dilemmas were going to be before we started on the starter, or it might, you know, I think the two might have overlapped. I, I don't remember exactly the timing. We had to make sure that all the, the dilemmas in the starter played nice with the old dilemmas, uh, the old the old starters. Mm-hmm. And then that, what this is what's really interesting. This was actually really cool. We Once those were in place, then we developed the Romulans. We actually wrote the cards for the Romulans. The Romulans were not written before the starter uh for the most part i think we said we want like three or four big names in here and we thought who can we convert from tui into engage so we thought about kel and who can we uh after that it was basically let's make like 10 or so universal romulans or unique romulans that have the keywords of we, we knew we wanted to have a ramen underground. We knew we wanted to do the chess game. Mm-hmm. So let's make a few that actually fit those criteria. And just kind of, it was, it was really a back and forth of like, I think two or three meetings where we went, well, so we want these skills. We want to make sure that, you know, some of them play for free with all intentional hands. We want to make sure some of them play for free to the underground. Some work with the chess game. And make sure we have a good mix. And then make sure they actually work well in the starter. Make sure they can solve all the dilemmas of the other starters. Mm-hmm. Make sure that, you know, these are interesting. Uh, so we, we thought, well, do we need a new Picard? No, let's not have a new Picard. Yes, let's have a new Picard. We have a Spock. Well, Spock, uh, okay, let's make a Spock. Uh, convert. Let's convert what we can. Well, there was uh, the one Romulan guy from Necessary Evil that we thought was interesting. Uh, I remember actually writing the text for that in uh, Utopia Planitia going, well, how are we going to handle this special skill of his? And I think what we have on the card is, you know, the, we, you have to water down the crazy uh, game text of the two-week card all down to one special skill that can fit in one line or, or, or two if you need be. What special downloads do we want in Neral? I, I, I don't remember what the impetus was for wine Neral. I think one of the... Uh, uh, incidents called for him. So we said, well, we need an Aral. Um, do we want a new Sela? Do we want a Sela? Uh, do we want women to be able to solve Earth? And all of these things had to be taken into consideration when, when building the starter. We wanted to make sure that the starter was interesting. And then once the starter was done, then we went, well, okay. Uh, I think there's there's got to be some Romulans that aren't in the starter that, that are in Engage. I think there's a two or three. I, I can't remember right now, but... So we wanted to make sure that that just we had the starter down pat before we made any extra Romulans outside mm-hmm. of that. So it, it was really, we focused on the starter a lot. And I think it took 
maybe a month to get it to somewhere where we're like, okay, now we're, we can show this to the playtesters. Please play. Yeah. I, I did like the balance of the starters and, and the Romulans in addition to the other three that they, they had, um, they showcased a lot of the key cards from their particular affiliation. Uh, I think every affiliation had a, had its Picard in there. Um, you know, they had, they all had continuing mission. They all had attention, all hands, but at the same time, they didn't have everything, you know, they, they didn't have, uh, the extra warp core card. They didn't, you know, but they all had, they all had a couple of toys and they all had room, room for improvement, which, you know, is the idea behind a starter is like, here you go, here's something to learn the game with. And then when you're done with this, go to the rest of the set and, Add more stuff and see what you can do with it. And I think I feel I'm actually very happy with how the starter ended up. And I recall there was some latent event. Oh crap! Well, we just changed a couple of dilemmas. Now we got to go back to the starter and you know double, triple check everything and make. Sure. It was it was a big pain in the butt, but you know it was just it's part of the whole process, and you really have to make sure that the starter's solid. Because people are going to be handing these out at Gen Con probably, or handing them out to their their new their maybe their two E players sure. in their playgroups. And hey, this is cool. Yeah. Let's check this out. You, you want to try a new game? Here's a starter deck for free. <laughs> exactly. We got to make sure this is solid. So we spent a lot. Of time uh, so. Well, for your uh, for your 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 first design, uh, you seem pretty proud of the way uh, Engage came together. Um, are you, uh, are you going to be, uh, involved with future design teams? I will be. I'm not sure if I can tell what I'm working on, but I am working hard towards the future of Trek. Awesome. That's good to hear. I'm very excited about where it's going. All right. Well, Corbin, uh, thanks so much for your time. It's, uh, good to have you on the show. And, uh, I enjoyed, uh, hearing about uh, Engage and uh, how how the, how the a set gets put together. So Great. All right. Thanks right. so much. show for today. Thanks again to Corbin Johnson for his time, and thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at OKCoyote, and send me a message and let me know who you'd like to hear on the show. Special thanks this episode to Ian Coleman, Thomas Kimura, and Allison Cagle. See you soon with another episode, and hopefully some news about our tin draft, but until next time, this is Daniel Madison, ending transmission. 
Star Trek in All Forms is copyright and trademark of CBS Paramount Studios, which has no affiliation with this podcast or trekcc.org. This podcast is for nonprofit use only. Special thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song Started Off, as well as additional music used during the show. Look them up at hotfiction.co.uk. Thanks also to Corbin Johnson for production assistance. For questions or comments, send a message to OKCoyote on the TrekCC forums. Until next time, this is Allison Cagle signing off for Assimilate This.